So you got a whole bunch of campos sitting over there. I do only because my illustri- well, my beautiful <laughs> bride was super nice to me and actually like did my hunting laundry, which. What any, are the thoughts on that? Any bride. The, the door's closed. So. <laughs> <laughs> Women always know these things. She's, uh, yeah. What it really boiled down to is I left it sitting downstairs long enough to where I think she just got tired of it. And, and she just did it? Just did it. Hmm. Oh, it's good beer. It's good beer. Um, I think that's really what happened, but hey. We digress, ah. but <laughs> yes, my lovely bride did the camo. Um, yeah, actually, you know, it's kind of funny. I should, I actually have an undershirt, courtesy of the United States Army. That's the current issue color, the kind of not, it's not really an olive green, but it's darker than what we had when I served. Gotcha. Um, but anyways, they do make great undershirts. Hmm. Um, Costco finds, actually. Just some hoodies? Hoodies, you know. I mean, I love gotcha. me my hoodies. So what is your go-to in the woods? kind of depends but we'll assume for sake of this i mean obviously when you're hunting something like ducks is going to be very different um than say bears all right just your your general hey we're gonna go out hiking in the woods you're gonna you're gonna go hiking with a gun uh i'm gonna choose something probably along like the real tree line um just reason being is i have a lot of it because it was cheap hmm um, but I like hoodies. Um, it's kind of what I like. Um, yeah. I'm all kind of a hoodie kind of guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of, you know, I've just kind of naturally acquired a lot of hoodies over the years. Good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I like undershirts that are, like, they wick moisture really well. Um, so are you, like, do you stick with the, like, wool base? Is that kind of where you're, like, I mean, you always hear cotton kills. Like, yeah. Well, so, if you're worth your salt, like, if you have any kind of... Cotton kills if out in the woods at all. Cotton kills. Cotton kills if it, if it gets wet. True. However, I do think that a good if you're if if done right, a cotton undershirt will not kill you. Cotton over stuff like like your mm. your jacket and things like that. Yes, I hundred percent agree. Um, I tend to use more man made just because they are cheaper mm-hmm. um, than say the old school wool. The other downside to wool is it itches, and I don't like itching. At least for me, it does. I don't know. I mean, have you worn any, like, the merino wool or any of this, like, new smart stuff? I haven't done the new smart. I mean, I've done, like, socks, but that's about it. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's just. Dude, it's, my favorite pair of socks are smart wool socks. Right. But. but oh, Not the brand, but right. just, like, that style. But, um, again, I mean, we talk about a jacket. With you know. Brand smart wool socks. <laughs> <laughs> pay 40 bucks for a set of socks. Well, yeah, but then how much are you going to pay for a jacket? Right. So therein lies my rub. Usually mm. it's something that's fairly cheap. Yeah. I hate to use the word cheap because it makes it sound bad, but really it's something that well, I'm going to... I guess that begs the question, if you're starting out, like where do you go? Like what is okay? I would argue, and I know we can argue a lot. Right. We do it a lot, a lot even off this whole podcast. And we argue <laughs> a lot just because we're spitballing about something. Yep. yep. Um, I would argue that if you... So if somebody says to me, I have literally no pants. Like, I'm literally walking into this for the first time, and I'm going to walk into even a Walmart. Okay. Um, I would recommend any kind of a pattern that mimics approximately what you're going to do. I tend to focus on more browns than greens. Mm-hmm. I, when I first started, I did more greens. But, you know, honestly, the more research I've done um, and more I've read, animals tend to pick out the greens a little bit easier than the browns. So I would go with more browns. 
Um, I would argue first thing is grab a hoodie that's comfortable, something that's comfortable. Um, after, I mean, I, so I would. My opinion, because these are polyester. If you're, if you're starting out, if you're just starting out, you can buy whatever you want. But if you don't have a good base layer, you're hosed. Right, but define well. So, but here's the thing. So, the question you have to ask is, what is a base layer? And so, if you're a base layer in say, I don't know, New Mexico, right? Mm. My base layer is probably a long sleeve T-shirt. It's true. If that, yeah, I might be out there. Or half just naked. something like a, a sun protected, just to keep right. the sun off. Uh, yeah. That's why yeah. I say long sleeve. You know, a long yeah. sleeve shirt. I mean, I wear them up here just to keep the sun off because it yeah. is so bright up here. Um, so, if you want to talk about literally like your base layer, a good T-shirt. Now, if I'm hunting moose or I'm hunting deer. Um, I don't care that you're wearing your favorite, um, you know, choose your favorite football team underneath. If it's always covered, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, to be ridiculous, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean like any, so if I, so if I, somebody said to me, you're going through your wardrobe, I would say choose a brown or a green t-shirt that you have. That's pretty olive drabby. You know what I mean? Military esque. as, as a, someone who's got a little more size to him, I'm not the thinnest of dudes. <laughs> um, <laughs> like. Mean, I get moving. You start getting through the swamp. You start hiking up a hill. You start building a sweat. Yeah. So my first go-to is this going to wick moisture? True. Like I won't disagree with that. That's absolutely. I don't care what it is, but will it wick moisture? There's a lot of t-shirts now that when you buy them, they're not like cotton of the old days. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you buy yeah. a quote-unquote, like my, my blue jeans like that I'm wearing Walmart, right now. Walmart has that like uh, dry wick. Yeah athletic line yeah like. right exactly i mean something like that even would be mm-hmm. and i would argue for i mean it sounds crazy but except for bears if you're hunting moose or any of the deer family they don't see red is my understanding all that well so um you know, you'd be better off actually a red t-shirt out there i think you're kind of hey, there's a whole bunch of thoughts going through my head on that yeah. but let's but backing up so you're walking into walmart you're walking into bass pro for the first time find a good base layer good base layer yeah you can't go wrong and i would yeah. argue for your top over your bottoms why? Because there's more of you. I mean, you think about it. Your core. Your, your core. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, you want, you want if, if I'm going to spend money on, if I have like a whole bunch of hiking gear or I have a whole bunch of whatever gear in the closet and I go, I'm going to go out hunting, I would, first of all, you, you mean, when I think about like going out, you know, in the, and I take out my, uh, you know, my good overpants, if we were to go out on a snow machine hunt, mm-hmm. they're going to be black because I have black bibs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because, you know, that's where I start with. And then I ch- tailor my top more towards mm. what we're doing just because you're more likely. I mean, because as I drop down. More likely to be seen from the top up. Mm-hmm. It's just bigger. There's more mass there. Yeah. Um, I You know, I've done a lot of just go to Walmart and get the bottoms, mm-hmm. like pair of camo pants for cruising in the woods. Sure. Uh, there's something to be said for having something that fits well. Oh, and 100% agree. There's, particularly there's a, for women. Oh, absolutely for women. That I mean, will kill a hunt if you're out there trying to, you know, climb up the side of a hill and you're just there's chafing and I mean, man, it's well, that you sucks. look at, pick up your pick up your woman's pants. You know what I mean? Like I pick up Heather's pants, right? And you just look at the way they're cut. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean size is irrelevant. I mean, yeah. you know, it, you just look at the way they're cut. Mm-hmm. They are cut fundamentally different than a man's pant. Well, yeah. And of course, they got hips. Yeah, well, thank God for that. Well, yeah, well, yeah, no, amen, <laughs> amen. Um, but you get my point. I mean, they, yeah. they, they are, built, but there are some women that don't have as wide hips, and they have more of a man's, you know, shape. And so, but even so, like going just to, I'm going to go buy a cheap pair of their camel pants. They're great. They're going to do do me what mm-hmm. I need to do. I would, I would argue against that because I've done that, <clears throat> and I feel, as I look back at this, I wasted money. 
because oh. I will not go wear them again. I would rather wear now, and I've gotten a little more expensive, like five eleven, um, you sure. know, the rip stop tack pants. And they're super I would, nice. I would rather wear those, and they're just you know they're green, just sure a green, um, or even my khaki ones I have. I would rather wear those in the woods over the camo from Walmart. Hmm. I have not bought any of their pants. I'll be perfectly honest on that. Being as though I'm farmer service, mm-hmm. I do. I mean, I still have a whole bunch of uniforms that actually, as of was October 1st, they went to the, you have to wear the new uniform. Yeah. That kind of multi-cam looking thing. Um, so all my old ACUs, that's what I wear just because, A, they do fit me really well, and, B, I have lots of them. Well, there's a huge plus. You're right. You but, probably didn't pay too much for them. They're like $35 a piece. Did you pay too much for them? I was an officer. There you go. So, so yes, I did pay for them. So I kind of want to use them up. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that's something they don't tell you about. They say, oh, yeah, they give you. Yeah, no, not as an officer. Little gotcha. little, little nuancey things between the officer and enlisted side. Um, that's one of them. But anyways. That will absolutely, in, other than your boots, that to me is a almost a, a deal breaker. If you're walking through the woods and, those pant, and your pants are like, they're, bunching up they're yeah. dragging under your heels they're you know feels like the crotch is down between your you know right thighs uh, like it's just it's not comfortable you're not going to have a good solid hike I won't disagree with that um but footwear i would argue this is the first thing i spend money on and i've learned this because mm-hmm. i have incredibly flat feet mm-hmm. um you know i mean it could probably i mean these feet in the Vietnam era would have gotten me out from a draft. Hmm. I mean, that's how flat they are. Um, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, having said that, uh, you know, for me, footwear is where it's at. If I'm going to spend money and I have to cheapen everything else up, I will spend my money, absolutely, bar none, on footwear. Yep. Um, and now there's a place that I say you don't need camouflage. Get the quality stuff. Hmm. I mean, if, if you happen yeah. to find ones that are camouflaged because they got a little camouflage look – Maybe if you're sitting in a tree stand, maybe you can make an argument. I just don't do that. Well, yeah, I'm, but if you're in a tree stand, the purpose of that is to get up above the animal that you're hunting's right. plane of the where they, the and nothing up here looks up. It's not right? like the Midwest. Yeah, well, and I think even that's why you get in a tree stand. You get up above where if you're hunting a deer, how many animals come at a deer from above? Well, I have noticed that as more and more guys have used tree stands, that that could be. But, but the but, purpose of it was is like na- in nature, how many animals <coughs> take a deer from above? Very few. Exactly. I mean, you might be able to argue a mountain lion, but maybe, maybe. But you know, same thing with bears or moose. Or there's no up here a moose. They they're are the biggest, baddest, meanest thing in the woods. And and all people are like, well, a bear could no a bears might take out. A a smaller, very old. Not, very smaller, not very old. Yep. And ninety percent of the time, if a bear is chewing on a moose, it is a calf, or mostly calf. Mostly calf, or they found it dead. Yeah. Um, but I would argue the first thing I would spend money on is footwear. So I Absolutely. guess I guess back it up for a second. I would say first thing is whatever the footwear is, mm-hmm. whatever you're attacking. So if you're going to be, you know, going up to you know sheep hunt versus moose hunt because a moose hunt can be fundamentally different also depending upon where you're going so are you wearing rubber rubber boots or whether you're wearing leather boots Mm -hmm. quality gore-tex aligned you know Mm -hmm. blah blah all the stuff i would argue for a quality quality boot i personally like danners they fit my feet really really well yeah um Again, I used them when on the service, and I specifically chose them because I knew that from before yep. when I was a kid. Versus me, danners do not fit. Right, exactly. They just hurt. Right. If they hurt, again, your feet hurt, and it sucks. Yeah. Now, my absolute favorite boot to wear, it feels like I'm wearing a slipper, 
is my lacrosse rubber boots. Never tried them. They, I mean, you, I put those on, and normally when you're a kid, you hear hiking in rubber boots. You think <laughs> flopping around, like your right. foot's bouncing back and forth in there, side right. to side. You end up with a big blister because you walked, <laughs> you know, half mm-hmm. a mile in rubber boots. and Yeah. You know, that's what goes through your head. These lacrosse, they fit, form fit to your feet. Well, and if that, it's, but again, it's like putting on a tennis shoe. But on the same token, I have a set of muck boots that I use as my rubbers mm-hmm. that we use out in the, you know, when we're out going out and about, and they're very comfortable on my feet. Comfortable, so. but even there, would you hike a ways in them? Uh, like I'm going to go for a two mile hike, three mile hike in your mucks. Uh, I'd do now, it. Do uh, it versus it's, it's going to cause some issues. I'd do it. Um, I'd probably just knowing that there was it was it would suck. Yeah. Um, if it's if I thought I was going to be in. Like just like hiking lots of ridges and with the occasional, mm-hmm. I would go to my Danners. Yeah, I mean that kind of. But because you're going to be more comfortable, you're not going to have any issues with your feet. Right now, with my lacrosses, I can do a ridge. Well, you're talking there. Well, you would put on your Danners. Right. In fact, we went to Adak uh, to do a caribou hunt, and uh, um, I brought my lacrosses. I'm like, well, that's going to be mine because I know there's lowlands down there. There's well, water. There's places that you're Where isn't there water in Alaska? Right? So, I mean, I knew that this was going to be a place that, and everyone, and it's tall grass. Like, it is grass, grew up, oh, died, yes. fell. Grass, grew up, died, fell. So it's grass on top of grass on top of grass. And, and water law. Yeah. So everyone <laughs> told me, you need your boots, and then you need gaiters. Mm-hmm. And then normally over your gaiters, rain pants. Or vice versa. Right. Like, that Something, was kind of what, like, you want to be waterproof from the waist down, is what they told me. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to take my lacrosse boots because I can roll those up and this does the exact same as having a gator on. It gives me, you know. Right. Sure, it's all up to your knee. Right. Almost all up to my knee and everyone looked at me. All, in fact, not even just looked like you're an idiot. You're you're going to hurt. Straight up called you're you gonna, out. You're going to roll an ankle. I climbed all over that place. Not a single problem. So, I mean, you know, I, I would argue footwear is probably one of the most yeah. fundamental pieces because without good footwear, I mean, you're just, you're hosed. Oh, absolutely. But, um, you know, but when I think about like, you know, like quality, like if you go into like a Bass Pro and it's really not that expensive, like you can buy a a, a cheaper t-shirt, you know, Bass Pro, you usually find them on sale for five bucks, seven bucks. Oh, absolutely. Bucks. I mean, yeah, they're cotton. But depending for upon the most part, part, 90% of what you're going to be out doing and cotton today, like if you're going to be doing like a, all what? right, I'm going to be backpacking into the woods and I'm going to be going... Mm-hmm. Spending a week out there with my backpack, a tent, and you want a good set of something that's going to wick, something you well, can wear for. But I would argue that most of us don't, in reality, go out where we're backpacking in. Either we fly in, we ATV in, or heaven forbid, we just come in with our truck and we come back to our trailer every night or right. our main base camp. So the the days of going out and spending, and you know, the other thing I always argue is is always have dry bags. Mm. Um, so when you go out. Um, it's amazing how much. So what we used to do in the service is we would have our ruck full of all of our gear, and we would take and put a um, one-gallon Ziploc bag. You took mm-hmm. your undershirt, your socks, yep. and your fresh underwear, and you put them in that. Because at least, if nothing else, you start with fresh, like a fresh base layer. Cause, yeah. You know, you'd only have two sets of uniforms for the whole trip, and you'd be mm-hmm. out there for days, you yeah. know. Um, Just stinking it up. Yeah. And if you could, you brought, we if we knew we'd have some place like, like a base camp, you know, we would like leave a bag with everybody's extra set of stuff. So when we shower, at least we have something clean to change into. It's kind of mm-hmm. nice, but truth. But yeah. Anyways, um, but you know, like I think about things like in terms of 
you want to match as best you can the ex be ready for anything yeah but what are you realistically going to expect for example today was a great day of like a solid i mean beautiful uh, moose hunt beautiful moose hunting day it started off it was below freezing but not like 15 degrees it was 32 it was like 30 like just enough to get frost on the ground i think when i left the house this morning was 29 okay so 29 so 30 degrees whatever right so it's a few degrees before the freezing got a little frost on the ground you get in the sun it's warm but it's not hot Mm -hmm. you know we're talking you know what they got 45 maybe yeah more like 38 or 40 today yeah like it was particularly in the shade particularly in the shade oh yeah yeah. You, you know so i mean but you know it's not like you'd get really... I mean, if you yeah. walked through, through the woods, if you moved quickly, you'd sweat. Mm-hmm. But if you just walked, you could control your temperature fairly easily. True. Just slow down, speed up, things like yep. this. And I kind of go, if that's what I'm expecting, I'm going to have a gear that matches that. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I'd be expecting that, you know, tomorrow I could wake up and there'd be a foot of snow on the ground and... Yeah. And that, and so, in a place like here in Alaska, that varies so much. Now, if I'm going to go way up north above Fairbanks in, you know, September, that's what I'm going to expect. Right, but my question is... But if I'm going to be hunting, let's say, the Matsu area in September, I'm not going to expect that. I'm right. going to expect hot. Well, and the other thing is, too, is that, I mean, like, even though I went out and it was hot this year when we did our moose, it's, I mean, we're talking 50, 60 degrees out. It's unseasonably um, warm. I still had... You know, I still had rain gear with me in my, mm-hmm. on my ATV, and I still had my sweatshirts mm. with me. Mm. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, maybe my legs would have gotten cold because I didn't have my my warm pants, mm-hmm. but my core would have stayed warm. You know what I mean? I still wore gloves, you know? Yeah. Um, those are the kinds of things that I think about in terms of what are you realistically going to expect? That's where I'd start spending my money first and working my way out. The other thing I think that you can get away with, and many people will probably disagree with me, but I think about the guy that's just starting out. He's got limited funds. This year I can buy pants, t-shirt, and a hoodie. Next year I can buy maybe some rain gear. I would almost argue at that point, if you're in that specific, right? Say, get yourself, go for rain gear. Right. Yeah. Go for, go for the outer shell first. Yeah. Absolutely. Good rain pants mm-hmm. and a decent upper top. Right. Because then, because if you go with a shell, the nice thing is you can always layer up and layer down underneath, and so it's yeah. So a buddy of mine, blue. a buddy of mine, like any. We went out uh, on a moose hunt, and it was we knew it was going to be wet. It had been a wet year, and uh, I didn't have a lot of good rain gear. It was kind of just never put the money into it, and yeah, whatever. So I went to Walmart, and I just went and found like rain pants, just like the yellow. Yeah, just well, I think they were green, but like the PVC, just PVC. Oh, I'm I gonna, got a story about those myself. Go oh ahead. yeah, they're great. And, uh, they're great on a boat. I'll leave it at that. Uh, could yeah, I can see that. But these were like the even thinner than that. I mean, they were just oh, I wanted are... lightweight, and they would have been great for you know walking around in a rainy city or you know watching a kids football game in the sure. rain, something like that. So I got these because a, I didn't have a lot of money, wasn't going to put a lot into it. So got those, got the top, you know the, the matching set, obviously. Got to be matching. Yep, matchy matchy. Trekked off into the woods, me and my buddy, and inside of ten minutes, and we went up probably a good. 60 degree incline mm-hmm. up over this knoll from the parking lot Just it just goes straight up into right. this little ravine and we got up over that and by the time <laughs> I was at the top of that those things had ripped in about four places yeah the uh, and it was downpouring like it right. was like it was so wet. we turned around hiked back down and whatever he was wearing was not successful either so we went down to the truck where we had our fishing gear mm. and we threw on our neoprene fishing waders it's actually not a bad idea. And we hiked in our neoprene fishing waders. So, yeah, we sweat like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah. 
I we didn't I'm necessarily swamp. stay dry, but oh, we wow. stayed warm. So in Oregon, where I grew up, the yep. comment always was, do you want to get wet from the inside out or the outside in? Yeah. And so what we wore is we tended to do like a lot of fleece jackets. Mm-hmm. Now, fleece, we all know, is not waterproof, no. not watertight at all. But we were warm wet. Yeah. And so you just accept it as almost like a wetsuit approach. Yeah. And so we just kind of wallowed in it and kind of yeah. enjoyed the heck out of it. Now, grant you, it was we were out for a day. We knew where we were at. You were never more than, I mean, the logging roads you're, up there. You're going to come home at night and dry everything out. Yeah. And yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good but set if, of outer if gear. You're, if you're planning on, even if you're coming back to a trailer, mm-hmm. um, the biggest that problem is space. Thing, well, even so, even with like, well, no, I mean space to let things air out and dry out. Yeah, but if you have a good solid, uh, what I did is I went to one of the uh, army surplus places. Sure, and I just got it was a Gore-Tex, the mm-hmm. outer outerwear mm-hmm. for the military. Yeah, same and, one I have in the ATV yep, right now. It's, and it's got the pants and the jacket. Pants and jacket, mm-hmm. and those are actually what I took to ADAC. There, I and, mean, the army ooh. gear. I would argue if you, I mean, if you're really strapped for cash, mm-hmm. and you have the ability to check out, like if you're anywhere near a post, and guys are getting rid of some old stuff, and they got stuff that'll fit you, it's not bad stuff. The biggest, the biggest complaint I can say for it, and if you talk to any guy in the service, he'll, he'll tell you this, yeah, is that it's heavy. So what I mean by is, is a Gore-Tex jacket from the army. Yeah. you pick it up. It just, I mean, you pick up like a standard north face or a columbia jacket of mm. the same size yeah it just is heavier now yeah the advantage to it is they're durable like yeah. iron yeah but they are heavier so if yep. you're looking at like a backpack trip you want to consider True. weight so oh. that comes down to like i mean if you're thinking of what do you do you get sucked into the i don't want to say trap but the um trend of expensive hunting gear what is the benefit? So for me Cheap versus, so for me, I kind of I have to take a step back. I have to ask the question. So it said to me about fishing products. How many lures are meant to catch fishermen and not fish? Hmm. And it was it was said by somebody that was in the business that sold fishing tackle and lure forty eight. Yeah. And he says, how much of this is you know meant to catch you and not necessarily catch fish? And remember, it all catches fish. Yeah. I mean, it's a flashy spoon. Well, at a certain point in time, is it really that much different than the other dude's flashy spoon? Right. So, I mean, nothing against these new camouflage patterns that are out there. They're cool. They look. I'm not cool. even going with the patterns. I'm just talking about the company. Like you got Kuru, you have, uh, ah, yeah, you got, uh, Sitka gear. You have uh, First Light. You have all these companies that are coming out, and you know, like I have a friend. He went out and bought all. Like he's a, I think he's an X-ray. He's an X-ray tech. You know, mm-hmm. runs a CT, and. uh that is his. He went out and bought all Sitka gear. Yeah, I I fall I fall under the uh, when it comes to hunting gear. I'm I'm getting it to get dirty. I'm more worried about durability than I am the name mm-hmm. because quite frankly, I don't wear my. For the most part, there is a few pieces of camouflage that I will wear around town when I'm doing hunting like activities like range days and things like that. Yeah, but, but for the most part, if you notice, I don't wear my camouflage around. So for mm-hmm. me, it is not. It's not a fashion statement. So no, same here. So if, so for me, if you said, "Hey, I want a brand new Kui jacket," now, I don't personally like their black. It looks a little too blue to me, and we can get into my whole blue theory uh, and topic. We can talk about that later. <laughs> Brandon's heard it a little too much, <laughs> but eh, I still say the animals can see it. But but my point is, is are we again? Is that for the hunter? Are we are we catching hunters or are we catching animals? And if you're after yeah. animals, I would still argue your basic. If you go to Bass Pro, get their house line you know what i mean you don't need you know the name brand now here's the thing 
I won't disagree that probably that stuff is so much nicer than the house brand. It probably does things a little bit better. Now, I think there are things like when I talked about pants fitting well. If it fits well for you, then great. I would say do it. But on the same token, it's not something I'm wearing around town. So it should last. So in theory, right? So let's just say Mm -hmm. I went out. Let's say First Light or Cooey or whoever it is. They fit me the best today, right? And I go out and I buy all brand new head to toe, whatever camouflage. In theory, I shouldn't have to buy new camouflage unless I gain or lose a whole bunch of weight. Or one of their products fails for some reason. For I have had some years. people talk to me, and they will not buy a certain one of them. I think they they bought a whole, like, what did he buy? Um, a friend who has a cabinet from Petersville area. He had bought some Sitka pants. And he's like, they just fell apart. The seams ripped out. Things just, you know, well, where I, I was, what I was doing, they just did not fit that. Well, and but my point is, is that in that situation... I would buy new pants, obviously, right? Yeah. But my point is, is that if I bought, let's just say I got lucky, I bought fill-in-the-blank brand mm-hmm. with a camouflage that works pretty well. Yeah. I would probably be wearing that. It'd be that old timer out there wearing that same old same camouflage. thing. So yeah. Yeah. You know, like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember that duck. It used to be the duck blind camouflage from years ago. It was like a yellow base layer with like brown spots, oh, yeah. splotches. It was like a '70s kind of thing. Yeah. Fred Barris has been seen in yep. several of his photos. I mean, if I still had my old jacket that was comfortable. That didn't fall apart, you know, I mean, 30 years ago. Yeah. I'd probably still have the dumb thing. Yeah. Just because back then I didn't understand a lot, so I was a kid. But I just kind of look at it, I kind of go, first I got to go, if it works, mm-hmm. why change it? Um, and, you know, if I, if somebody said to me, um, you have some pants, they're going to be camo or the, and not fit as well, or they're going to be brown, like, you know, Carhartt's fit you better or whatever, I would do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm not even necessarily sold on the particular brand of, I mean, it's kind of like me getting older and older. I mean, I'm more of a Ford guy, but... You give me a good run on Dodger or Chevy, and yeah. if it works, if it, it works, works, I'm not gonna. I think there, you really do need to look for quality. Quality is where it's at, um, and, and, and that that you know going out to buy fit. the PVC crap, you know, and fit, yeah, and fit. I mean, if it doesn't fit you, even as a man, I mean, we talked about the woman piece, but mm-hmm. even as a man, if it doesn't fit you, you're like humped. I said, I've got at least two pairs of pants from Walmart. They're right. camo. I just was. I think one of them I forgot my pants at home on the way out the door. I'm like, well, crap, I'm just going to grab these and it's going <laughs> right, to, sure. you know, and they were just horrible. They did not fit well. They were, they were almost more of a hindrance than they were helping. Yeah. Which gets into a whole nother thing about prep. If you go out to my garage, you'll find that there is a box labeled camo mm-hmm. and that's all where you will find all my camo gear except mm-hmm. for my waiters. Yeah. And so literally I could grab that one box and go do anything as far as that I have camouflage for. Yeah. It's like I could just throw it in the back of my truck and go, we'll go out to the field and go, what do I need today? Yeah. But <laughs> we digress. So, and I think I think you do need to think about your weather. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That is one of the biggest kickers if you're coming to a place that, you know, study where you're going. If I'm going down to, oh, goodness, let's say something. I'm going to Colorado for an elk hunt. I'm going to start studying the weather, weather patterns. patterns. I'm going to study the time of year. <laughs> Those all are going to play so big into a success on a hunt. Well, and from the gear side of it, right? Well, and it's just like if you're going to Hawaii, you don't pack uh, your uh, your uh, what do you call it your your snow machine gear. You just don't do it unless uh, you want to end up in like a psych ward. Well, right, but <laughs> I mean, you pack your Bermuda shorts and your t-shirts because you're True. Gonna, yeah. So I would argue that if you're going on a trip anywhere, and even within your home state, I mean, you know, you think about it. Yeah, you know, and so, that's Alaska is just that way. Well, but I mean, I don't care. Even in Oregon. Because, I mean, it's so fundamentally different between where I grew up on mm-hmm. the western side where we would get rain, rain, rain to the east side where it was literally 
a dry. I mean, it was a desert. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, I mean, they have the Alvord Desert over there in Eastern Oregon. Yeah. Great place. I love it. It's very silent. I don't even know the cell phones still reach out there. It's great. It's no idea. I haven't been out there in years. But that's kind of common around here because, you know, you can drive down to South Anchorage and be out of cell phone range. Well, funny part is I actually get better reception here at my house than my buddy does in Portland. It's hilarious to it's me. It's Portland. Yeah, well, it is Portland. It's weird. Yeah, well, keep Portland weird. Keep Portland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, is. yeah. Um, but I would say if, growing up up here, 95% of the time going hunting, it was rainy. Oh. It was wet. It's, it, even and even if it didn't rain, you get up in the morning, you start hiking. It has been frosty, dewy. Everything is soaking right. wet, and if you don't have a good solid water barrier, you are going to be miserable. And people don't realize how much of the how much of it up here is like if you're if you're not on an old rocky knob, you're sitting in a half a swamp. I mean, really? Yeah. Um, or a rainforest. Yeah. Right. Um, what kind of camo do you? So somebody says to you, you're walking into Cabela's, yep. Bass Pro, yep, Sportsman's. And they say, you're going to get your favorite camouflage pattern. Name it. Oh. Uh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I am, like, there's only one pattern that I'm like, this is the pattern that I want. Mm-hmm. It's for duck hunting. Okay. And it is it is the wetland waterfowl. Okay. That is, like, when I'm looking at camo, I'm not as big of, like, okay, am I in this type of area so I have to have this type of pattern or this type of so when like uh, the new like uh, uh, Cryptex comes out with their uh, eh. it's just not it doesn't jump at me I don't go ooh that's cool looking yeah I mean yeah it looks cool cool, but but it's not like I need that for hunting or this would be really good in this area I do think about that for waterfowl just because you know waterfowl are so different right those birds you know they see for so such a long (laughs) distance and they see so well um well, and even the fact that they can see in almost a UV, I think they see in UV light, I'm pretty sure. Well, that brings up a whole other thing about care um, of your gear. Uh, of your gear. So it used to be, I mean, you look back. So back up. To okay, th- so for that. Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> camo versus non-camo hunting. Well, that's what I was going to get at. Yeah. So if you back up and talk about care, the, the, this leads into that topic. So you look at it 50, in the 50s and 60s when our parents grew up and did all this, right? Yeah. What'd you see when you looked at the quintessential photos of the day? Saw like canvas or not canvas, but like khaki ish pants. Yeah. Um, green maybe with some wool pants. Maybe. Yeah, some like wool green, green maybe old or army issue brown. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, khaki. And if they had something, it was maybe like a plaid red and black. If you could tell if most of them were you yeah, know. Well, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Or you know, like if you open up a you know, and then as they start getting into color, you start seeing a lot of like red plaids mm-hmm. and things like that. Some sort of Right, which flapped hat. And. Yeah, so it brings up a question about what colors can animals see, mm. and then in what wavelength spectrums do they see? So this gets a yeah. little so technical, you, like jarbony here. When you but talk about waterfowl, they I see need another drink UV. of beer. Yeah, get your get your beer. Get your get, get my brew on. And start talking <laughs> about the. If we're gonna dive stuff. into this, oh boy, start. So the, let's talk. Let's 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 set waterfowl aside for the moment because I think okay. it'll be covered as we go through this. Okay. Let's let's deal with the deer species because I would argue that more animals are taken are deer or the deer family, which okay. moose and elk are both related to. And they see blues from what they tell us. Um, they but they don't see reds. They see more greens and they don't really see browns. And when I say see, it's more of a it's black and white to them. Is okay. my understanding. So having said that, the blue like they could pick that up and it looks different. So if you think about having a um, 
if you take a sheet and you hung it in the tree, what color would, mo if you're thinking in terms of black and white, if you could see a little bit of blue, it's going to stick out more so than, say, a brown. Because it just kind of mm. blends in a little bit more. Um, True. So that's why, and the reds were kind of interesting to me, and it was stated this way, and it's kind of one of those interesting things I have not had the chance to back up, but, you know, again, hearsay. Right. They talk about reds that they can't see. It's kind of more of a gray to them. They just can't pick up on that red color. And I kind of went, huh, well, what about a red fox? The red hmm. fox, I mean, you know, because that's True. a predator. You wouldn't want that around. Now, granted, it's a small predator, but you still don't want predators around. Um, but the other thing that they didn't have back then, they didn't have all the phosphorus in their, in their, in their huh. laundry. So when we talk about care of gear, Okay. So what do we wash your? See, I've never put this much thought into it. Well, so so again, I never put it this much thought yeah. into it when it was growing up. You just you wore your blue jeans, and sound was a bigger thing. Yep. You wore a sound and wind. Sound and wind, and maybe a scent control, kind of sorta. Mm -hmm. eh. Okay, so you didn't want to go out stinking into the woods, but you didn't want to like get. Well, we think about well, which way is the wind blowing, right? But. Yeah, yeah, but, but you didn't think about it like in terms of scent-free soaps. Uh, and, see, I always heard you know if you're when you're going out. Wash, you know, take a shower before you head out. Mm -hmm. When we go out with my dad, like, all right, take a shower, and then the morning before we go, take a shower again without any shampoos or anything, and mm -hmm. don't put deodorant on. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah. So, having said that, back in those days, they didn't have the phosphorus in the binders, and I didn't realize how big of an issue it was till one day. That, now, if you actually go back to service stuff, like if you're in the service and you read AR six seventy dash one, it's a public, it's a public PDF. You can you find it. Army boys in your. I know. Well, that's it's, it's it's the uniform one. That's why we don't six seventy dash one. And there's a there's a there's a policy for anything in there. Anyways, one of the policies in there is you're not allowed to wash. They will tell you what you get to wash your uniform in. Okay. Sounds stupid. When I first saw that, I went whatever. So I went to basic training, mm -hmm. and we had to stay in a hotel because of not enough space on post. Long okay. story. Not that I spent any time. The government spent a lot of money on that hotel. We spent very little time in said hotel. I think I spent three nights in there out of like 30 days. Huh. But we paid $110 a night. Yeah. Oh. Your tax dollars are work. Well worked. Well, well spent. Yes. Anyways, when we came back out of the field, we'd have like 24 hours. Like like that one night. We'd come back Saturday. We'd head back out on Sunday. You had to clean your stuff. Yeah. Well, we didn't have enough time to necessarily go hit a laundromat. And the local little laundromat, there's two washers. Like there wasn't enough space. Yeah. So my buddy and I, we did bathtub laundry. Okay. Sounds right. Okay, so sounds legit. Sounds very legit. So we're on post. We grabbed the you know, we went into the PX there. We grabbed the laundry detergent and the single use packs, thinking mm -hmm. no big deal, and washed our laundry. Yeah. Didn't think anything of it. Went on with the rest of basic training and I did this for three weeks. Okay. Came home. I realized that Woolite was one of those that you're allowed to use. It's actually specifically listed out that you can use it because it doesn't contain brighteners. It's good for this, that, the other thing. Yeah. And Heather uses it on some of her delicates. Yeah. I had some of that stuff from basic, and I just stuffed it away in my drawer. We went out on a rotation, and I pulled out. It was like low light, kind of an evening time frame. I just kind of pulled out my stuff, trying to put it away. And the difference in the way it fluoresced in front of me, like that was my first clue about what was going huh. on. I went, wait a minute. This uniform that I took to basic just is almost glowing. Like it had like a, it was a really funky kind of glow, almost a glow stick. Now was it like just normal light, or where did something hit it? Or well, it was twilight. We were, you know, I was literally the okay. twilight coming in through the window. So it's just regular twilight. We had fluorescent bulbs on our top. They were about half broken. Welcome yeah. to the army. But it was just that light coming in through the window and that twilight, like it was like that kind of not real bright light, just kind of that, you know, it's that just. You got 20 minutes left, maybe. Yeah. And just it almost like, like you know how a glow stick just kind of glows? Yeah. 
I mean, like it just glows huh. the same way. Even after it's like fully used, you know, like Weird. it doesn't. It just yeah. had that kind of like, it kind of like almost glows. Even yeah, though it's but used it's, up. Yeah, it's same kind of glow. Like it just like whoa. The other thing was is I was out on the I was out on the range. Yeah, doing a land nav. Yeah, I was standing on a ridge, and somebody says, "Hey, sir, can you pick out those soldiers? I bet you can't pick them out." Well, first of all, they were wearing ACU, which blends into nothing. Two, those that had I said, "Well, I can tell you instantly just by glancing over." I said, "There's four soldiers down there minimum," and they went. Well, there's six. I went, okay, I can see the other two now because they're moving. Yeah. But those four, they weren't using. When I went back and talked to them, I said, what are you guys using to, you know, wash your clothes with? Yeah. And they're like, regular detergent, sir. At least they're clean. Yeah. Well, right. But what it turns out they were using was brighteners. had brighteners in it. So it was like a Tide or yeah. you know, what Gain or whatever. Yeah. And I was like going, wow. Well, and a lot of this stuff now, I also, they advertise it, not necessarily, it brightens and keeps your coat, makes your clothes last. Right. So they have to be putting something in there to right. help with that. Right. Well, so the other, and then flash forward. So, I mean, I was still in service at this time, but mm-hmm. I went out elk hunting with my dad. This was part of the blue thing for me. Yeah. I was on that ridge and, you know, when I popped aboard the ridge, they saw us instantly. Yeah. Looking back, I know for a fact that we, I was wearing blue jeans at the time which were washed in the standard stuff. I yeah. guarantee you we glue like, even though we were back into the hills, into backlit. the trees. You weren't backlit. Uh, no, we were not we're backlit. We not silhouetted. It, or... was, it was first light. So And so the sun was actually coming up over the ridge to our left, mm. and there was big bank bank of trees on our, you know what I mean? So it wasn't yeah. even, they still picked us up. So How, What distance? Uh, 350, 400 yards. Oh, yeah. I mean, they picked us up. I mean, like, like you just see, yeah. like, like they, like they stood up and they, it wasn't like just hey, stood up, kind of look around and oh, there's something. Like and they that. didn't wind you. Oh no, it was dead calm. I okay. mean, because it was so, uh, there was a touch of fog. Yeah. Kind of rolling around. I mean, it was like maybe yeah. a mile an hour. Yeah. Quads were well back. Yeah. Like we were walking on our feet. Yeah. And they literally just stood up. I mean, and they locked onto us. Like I mean, it was just like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like you. We're leaving now. And so in those low light situations, I think the UV brighteners really do hurt us. Mm. So care of your gear is very important. I mean, I would rather hunt with a guy that says, I don't have camouflage, but I took care of my gear right. Yeah. Than the guy with camouflage that just said, ah, I washed it last night. Mm. Just because of that. I mean, I can overcome a lot. I can do a lot of things that I can find in nature to overcome no camo. Yeah. But I can't overcome brighteners that they're put in there. Again, and with that comes usually sense. I mean, I was telling you this the earlier. I mean, I took a shower, and we went down to a fish camp. Now, there's always the fish camp smells, you know, the fish and whatnot. But it's not like you're showering. I mean, I just showered with my normal stuff, you know. Old Body sp- wipes. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, before we left, it was Old Spice. Oh, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Old Spice stuff and my usual head and shoulder shampoo, and right. life went on. Three, four days, there is a funk that, Straight up funk. That now, is true. I went out this past time and I did, got all that special soaps, you know, that you can buy a Bass Pro with no no scents, no nothing, okay. no, no yep. scent deodorant, like the whole banana. Did you work on it? Yeah, I did my did a little homework on yeah. it. Yeah. Washed everything in it. You know what I mean? Yep. And talking about it, there was a funk, but I was like, it's not bad. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm mm. fresh, but I'm not like, oh, God. Right. You know? So yeah. I do think there's something to this. And just for devil's advocate on this is how much of this was okay you were down at fish camp at 80 degrees versus hunting at 60 60 you could probably make an argument a little bit about that however i don't think i mean just my own nose Mm -hmm. the difference i would say that it yes the the temperature obviously did play a little bit of a factor but no it was not the the it wasn't the yeah it wasn't the driving factor 
Because, I mean, that's the first thought I go to is like, well, you know, it was hot. It was really hot this summer. Well, it was. But, but I remember, too, but when you're standing in the and you're doing the you're standing in the water, that water is cold. That is true. And you're not necessarily sweating while you're sitting there and standing in that water at, you know, 45 degrees. And yeah, it's true. But yeah. t- tent camping and like you're not in the water as much as you are sitting right. baking somewhere else. But anyway. Drinking beer. Yeah. Right. I love fish camp for that. Anyways. Uh, speaking of beers, what are you drinking? We didn't even go over what kind what of beers. Uh, fail. Yeah, fail. Today, what do I got here? I have the Honeymoon Hef from the Kenai River Brewing Company. Honeymoon phase. I have a peanut butter milk stout again because it's still sitting in the back of the fridge and I need to dust it off. So it's the belching beaver. So you're in the back crawling around for the beaver. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, when your beaver belches at you, you might have issues. <laughs> <laughs> True. You might need to wash. <laughs> oh, let's digress so fast. Or a couple of teenagers some days. Yep. Okay, most days. Yeah, uh, almost all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, but, but I mean like, so I would argue Kara gear is more important than actually like the color of the gear per se. Because my dad, growing up, talking about hunting in you know just out in the blue jeans and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, not he never. I don't ever remember going hunting with my dad where he wasn't wearing probably his go-to blue jeans. Sure. Some sort of maybe a camo coat, maybe. Sure. And then white rubber boots. Like you know the fish, right. fish dock boots, like the, you uh, wear on a rubber on a boat. Yeah, like the the bunny boots that yeah. we have up here. Not bunny boots, like like rubber 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 boots. Okay. We're talking like uh, you know September August okay. September hunts. Like it's not cold. Yeah, so it's not the cold time. Yeah, it was. He's hiking through wet, soggy. But, so I guess I guess the thing is we have to think about is you know you think about it, you go back two hundred years right, and what did they hunt in? Whatever they had, right? I mean they didn't have a lot. Yeah, buckskins. I mean. Yeah. I think I think a lot of this has to do with how you take care of your gear. Mm, so true. I mean, and I think it also goes back to if you're doing the right things with your gear and you're paying attention to those little things, you're probably also paying attention to things in the woods. Yeah, you know mm, what I'm that's saying. True. And so, if if you're if you're the, paying attention to those details, and you, maybe you don't have a ton of money, so if a guy, I guess I get, I guess I want to recorrect what I said earlier. The first thing I tell a guy to do is go get this right soap, hmm. and then go worry about the camouflage. Hmm. The more I think about it, especially with the binders and whatnot. I mean, yeah. I mean, the soap, I mean, you, here's the part that gets me, I mean, even up here in Alaska, I mean, I was out moose hunting, and it cost me 50 bucks to get out there, you know, in my truck. Gas. And Gas and whatever, whatever else. Right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm blowing $50 just to get out there on a basic hunt, why would I not spend $20, $25 on good, no, soap. good soaps and the no-scent stuff, you know, that spray stuff you can put on your, on your clothing? Hmm. That's another good thought, like scent blockers, and how that plays in. I've never used any of this stuff. So never grew up with scent blockers or any of the sprays put on or stuff you like put your boots on, all that stuff. Well, I but never here's the thing. It. But let me ask this question. Were you ever a bow hunter? My uncle was. He right. never used it. I mean, I've never been a successful bow hunter, but right. I've hunted with him. Well, right. you know what I'm saying. Big game. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you get my point in terms of if you're thinking in terms of trying to get close to a big animal, you're going to want to do all the right things. But I don't ever remember hearing my uncle talk about but any of that. He also hunted up here, correct? Yeah. Hold on. I want to pause you for just a All second. Right. So here's the difference between Alaska and the lower 48. So in, like, for example, the state of Oregon or the state of Washington, the rut usually happens November time, right? True. We're bow hunting in September. It's 92 degrees. Okay. So you're out there, you're trying to control scent because it, your, your animals, they're not really thinking. I mean, they're casually thinking about the rut, but it, nothing works. It's like you're... It's like when I go out to tw- uh, on late, uh, even late August is more of a ruddy time in Unit 16 yeah. than it is 
I mean, like those animals just aren't interested. They're still in velvet. And when you're trying to get close with a bow, you know what I mean? And the other thing is, too, is that they've associated a lot of human smells, you know I mean, with bad things, badness. In the lower 48. In the lower 48. And yeah. so a lot of it, too, is driven by that. So, I mean, some of the stuff may not necessarily really apply to Alaska. A but lot of what, uh, like the successes I've heard my uncle talking about with his bow were placement and windage. Mm-hmm. All right, animals are moving up this ravine. Let's get up over here. Let's sit here. Let's put ourselves right in the spot. Mm-hmm. And they would walk right in, right in front of them. Right, but if you're in a situation where you have swirling winds, things like that, they wind you, they're gone, particularly the yeah. bigger animals. I mean, if you're going after a bigger animal, mm-hmm. you know, like a big brown bear, I'm here to tell you, they wind you once, they're done. Well, yeah. you know. But I think that's where everything I've heard is more playing your wind, playing your location. Right. And your scent is going to be your scent. And Well, and but uh, do keep in mind that this has also come about, about a lot more as, A, bow hunting has taken off far more than it ever used to be. True. And then, B, tree stands have as well, where I'm stuck with my wind. Yeah. I'm sitting here, and if the wind that's changes... That's true. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, as you start, and let's just assume for the moment that you've spent a ton of money setting up your deer blind, your deer stand, mm-hmm. or just, I, I drove up to Fairbanks. It's just going to stay there. Versus yeah. where I've heard is like, okay, the animals, you, you spot them, you see them moving, and we're going to maneuver ourselves into position to get ahead of them and mm-hmm. wherever they're at and let them walk into us where they're walking. You know, The wind's right. They don't know you're there. They're not right. smelling you. Right. And they walk into you. Right. And... Totally different conversation. And again, with rifle hunting, the, I don't know that scent control is as important as bow hunting. Just because and, you know, you're again, talking, you got 200 yard shot. I mean, our, our scent yards. control was not sh- using shampoo the day before the day you go out, not wearing deodorant, not wearing anything that is has a scent other than pure body humor. odor. Yeah, which when you think about it, really, we don't. I got to wonder how much of our stuff really is related to bacteria overgrowth mm-hmm. because of all the scents and crap we put Absolutely. on ourselves. So, you know, was that all about? I mean, I've heard about guys that would go out and roll in dirt. Yeah. I mean, talk to my uncle. That's yep. what he'd say. Go put a little dirt on yourself yep. and just kind of dirty yourself. Like, first day out of camp, just go roll in the dirt pile over there. Yeah. <sighs> you know, it's, you know. But I've also heard the guys tell me straight up, you're you're more successful with a diesel pickup than you are with a gasoline pickup. Yeah. <laughs> in the lower 48. So, so and huh. here's the thought process. I, again, human behavior, right? Yeah. And they associate diesel with like the tractors and the, okay. the, the like the industry, if you will, Got like it. the logging and things like that. Yeah. Versus gasoline pickups where usually people not necessarily involved in industry. Not something you'd normally hear. Right. Yeah. So it was just different. So uh, yeah. other than the diesel pickup driving around the farm like you'd expect to hear. Right. Exactly. And might even bring something in of, oh, they just did something. Right. Exactly. I'm going to go snoop around and see what I can eat. Makes, I mean, I get it. So part of it's human behavior, but part of it is just old lifestyle. Maybe you just had yeah. better luck in dad's old diesel pickup than his old gas, you know? Whatever. Yeah, definitely the, the care of your gear, though. Yeah, I mean. That's something that I've never really been, never done a lot of. I never but, did it till I was in the service just because, yeah. A, they kind of drilled that into yeah. you. And, B, having a few kind of hiccups and bad calls and places where you kind of go, man, that really just humped me. You know yep. what I mean? I just kind of go, that's. Yeah. That I've become more into the care gear. So, I mean, the camo pattern, I mean, I think a brown or a green solid. Brown or green. Well, work. My, my 511 tack pants, they're just the OD green. They're great. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, and they're waterproof, resistant, sorry, water resistant. They're rip stop. I've, like, taken a four-wheeler through a whole mess of... Uh, Goodness. Devil's clubs. And they just rolled right off my pants. Nice. It's fantastic. Nice. The guy came behind me, he was just just peppered man he's picking those <laughs> things out of him and the fun part was like two or three days later he found all the little ones mm-hmm. that he didn't necessarily know about he got all pimply up and 
He was he yeah. was not happy. Oh, who is? <laughs> How'd you go through that? Your right. pants. So, so, yeah. I guess the last part of gear we should kind of consider, you know, your your camo is your gear, your gun, your pack, your what, like as far as camo, what should be camo, shouldn't yeah. be camo. You know, so here's my theory on that: is I want to keep shine down. Absolutely. So I am more concerned about a guy that has that shiny, polished, you know, uh, stainless steel. Although I love stainless steel just because it doesn't rust. Yeah. You know, that would be more concerning for me than like the old blued rifle. Mm-hmm. Boot. So when I think about like from like what is on me, I kind of go boots, whatever. Long Whatever's not, on sale and works and fits. Yeah, it has to do all the other things. The last thing is the camo piece yeah. for me. Because um, most of my stuff's leather, has a lot of leather in it. So the brown pants, secondary to my to my chest. I would argue for some kind of a hat. I would say only because I am going to be wearing a hat. I think that do, that does help, just because again it kind of breaks up the face of a man. Yeah. So I would argue for that. Um, I do like the boonie hats because it keeps it off my ears. Yeah. The sun off my ears when I say, when I say it keeps it off my ears. The yep. uh, reason being is I burned my ears a lot as a kid when I was in Wyoming working. So that yeah. feels good getting that sun on them. Not so much that as I'm worried about cancer. I'll be honest. That's true. I mean, it's. I mean, like I burned them bad like five years in a row there, and like to the point where they're like peeling. So I'm just, you know, it's one of those things. Like I should probably watch out for some melanoma. I should probably just take care of it and wear a wide brim hat. Not a big deal. My pack. I just want a base color, brown, green. Yeah. Camo. If I got one. The other thing is too is they have those covers now, and I and I would have a cover over the top of mine. Those waterproof covers. Absolutely. Now that put that in camo. Sure. The other thing to consider in all of this is up here we don't have a blaze orange requirement that is a great point that's something that in alaska i never had blaze orange oh, never grew up hunting anything blaze still, orange. still in my hunting box downstairs i have enough for you me and your brother i have never i always kind of thought it was stupid honestly that's just because growing up without it it's like what i mean so, why uh, I, I thought, uh, yeah so here's the thing number one the deer don't see that color i understand that now number two i've been sitting on one ridge looking at another ridge right Watch, yep. and I've literally sit there going, nothing is moving on my ridge. It's just too bloody hot, and I'm sitting out here, just kind of nestled into a little piece, waiting on sunset. Yeah, and I go, hey, there's somebody hunting that clear cut over there. Oh, there's three guys, and that group doesn't know that group's there. Oh, this should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've said that before. Um, so is it is it safer for humans? Yes. So we went up to Circle to hunt the forty mile herd. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Little Baghdad of Alaska? Well, at that point in time, for those, like, three days, yes. <laughs> Everybody always complains about it on Facebook, about how they should be bring out your blaze orange. Yeah. Honestly, if I do that hunt again, I will have blaze orange. I think it's something handy to have in every pack, every hunting box, because you never know when you're when you're going to get something. And what I mean by that is, when my, I don't think you, I mean, if you live in the lower 48 and it's a requirement, like, you know, when I was then, in Washington, yeah, I bought quality, you know, orange. Yeah. I mean, it will last for years. Yeah. If you're in a place where it's optional... You know, those cheesy, I mean, it's literally just, it's not, it's not uh, trash bag material, but it's like just super flimsy, almost like that flagging material. Yep. Yep. Something like that for like $3 where it's just stuff in your pack. Be great. The other thing is when I will use it is if I'm, if I walk out with a moose and those horns are sticking out, I want flagging tape on it and I want to drape the. That's another thing. I watch guys throw antlers on their pack upright. <laughs> where the antlers are going, it, right? Yeah, they're like, up like, like, like so. Like, you're essentially making it look like a forty or fifty inch moose is walking through the woods. Right now, the nice thing is we don't have a lot of hunters up here, and we don't get as many sound shots and things like that. Part of it is just numbers of hunters. Yeah. Part of it is is the advantage with moose hunting is that's a bloody big animal. Yeah. And you, I mean, a deer mistake it for a human. Easy. 
Or, yeah, yeah, more, much easier. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at a deer, like as it's moving through the woods, sometimes you get a little quick little glimpse. Ooh, 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 and now you're on edge. Yeah. Versus a moose, you kind of go, was that a, <laughs> oh, maybe it was a little one, but that was damn sure not a moose over there. That's true. Yeah, I mean, like they're, I mean, they're a big, big animal. But going up to that circle, hunting caribou, which are smaller. Oh, yeah. But there's <coughs> trees, there's no, I mean, very, very little trees right. where we were at. I mean, we were up on these ridges looking down into this valley with minimal trees. You could see a lot. And you had just guys shooting across the ridges, down into the valleys, up from the valleys, up. Like, it was just insane. World War III. Uh, the guy I was hunting with, his great idea was he was going to take his uh, his uh, he's army, so he's going to take his winter camo and go sneak up on some animals. And I got looking around, and I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, not not hot. That's idea. how you get shot. Yeah, I mean, even if it's just a stocking cap. I mean, like we use a lot of uh, you know, the skull caps or yep. stocking caps. We use them a lot up here just because it does get cold, cover your ears, keep yeah. you warm. Um, even something like that would be great to have in your pack, even if you're not necessarily sold on the whole blaze orange thing. You know, I I went I have now I went and got it just a ball cap blaze orange yeah, camo ball cap. And like even if it's just my hat, mm-hmm. my head, somebody's more apt to see me there. Right, and it and it is a color that just picks up on us. Yep, and you absolutely. know, it doesn't have to. If you and now here's another thing when it comes back to carry your gear. Yeah. So you go down, you buy a brand new jacket. What do you do? Do you wash it? I never have. Right, but well, <laughs> but I would argue for you. Yeah. From now on, to think about it because absolutely. they want to sell a jacket to you or they want to sell a hat to you that looks good. That looks good. Go wash your hat. Like, yeah. like, take a hat or take a jacket. Yep. Go wash it in some non-UV brightener stuff, and then go back. Walk in the same store with that jacket on, like after you bought it, whatever, yeah. right? And go shop for another item. And then just put your jacket next to it and see if you can t- can't tell the difference. That's fantastic. The like blaze that. orange. The blaze orange is where is the easiest place to see it. Yeah. You can see it, the the hats because the blaze orange because it just radiates off of it. Yeah. It, it it's a duller orange, but it's still very it orange. Still does it. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. I like that. So uh, I mean. Yeah. I think... Carrot yeah. gear is much more... Rest thing. of gear. Yeah, rest of gear. Uh, packs, not really sold one or the other. I think I would go with, again, quality packs. That's going to be your back. Yeah. And we both, we've both been in medicine, so we both know back and injuries. Had a back injury myself. Yeah, you, you had surgery. something that works. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, so um, you really want something that's good on that back. Yeah. Jacket, pa- I mean, pants. I would say your jacket. Well, I mean, those are clothes, but when you're talking about... Um, right. When I think gear, I think, okay, your binoculars, your gun, your backpack. Binoculars, no. I mean... Black, all mine are black. Yeah, drabby colored. You know yep. what I mean? They're the flat black. I would argue, if I was gonna, if if Leopold offered to, I was gonna use Leopold just as a great example. Sure, it's the first name that comes to your head. Well, they were also from uh, Beaverton, Oregon, there where I came from, and ah. they, they were the local company, so we all had Leopold. Got it. If I had a choice between a flat back, sco- a flat scope, like flat, flat colored versus like a shiny gloss color, I'll get the flat color. But I'm not like. Well, a, I think that one's the biggest point of make sure things don't shine right shine is the number one thing yeah after that if you got the money and the time and you want to by all means i don't think it hurts anything yeah but i'm not sure but you don't see me cerakote my rifles i might for one of my rifles just because i need to refinish it anyways but i'm not like i would do i would do cerakoting on i have a rifle that i will probably cerakote mostly because it's blue Mm -hmm. and even just going out shooting at the range coming back i've seen rust spots on it now, see, now that's a situation where I say if it's a rifle that's literally, like if it's a, if it's a treasured on, like I have that twenty, that six point five Gibbs. Not only, I mean, not only this, yeah. like it's a treasured rifle. Like I won't take my, I get the the pre sixty four model seventy Winchester. That's not going to go out in the woods. But I want to take a rifle that 
I know I don't have to worry about getting it wet. Right. But because you're gonna get wet in Alaska. I agree. But I would argue that you're better off unless if if you grab any off the off the shelf rifle, yeah. a Ruger. Yeah. You know, the black Ruger synthetic yep. stock thing or a Remington. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't worry about Cerakoting it. Now if you're going to Cerakote it because the finish is starting to wear off or something like that yeah. and you're already gonna have to go refinish it, yep. then you can talk me into saying Let's Cerakote it in a flat green or something like yes. that. But I'm not worried. As long as it's a flat color, I don't really care that you've got a Glock on your hip or a, you know, that... That's all camoed out. That's all whatever. camoed out. Exactly. Like black versus the camo. Well, I uh, think my, my uh, Ruger Blackhawk is silver. Right. But, but again, it's also in the holster. Right, exactly. So... A little bit different. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting enough when we talk about gear, you know, the Marines, they use everything as in coyote brown. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, literally, there's a lot of their stuff that's, yeah. they have all that cool camouflage, and then it's brown right over the top, because yeah. they wear in their chest plates, and their yep. back plates, and their big, big heavy packs, and yeah. everything else, so. I think that's, I like that, that particular color. I, think I do, that too. that coyote I, brown does really well almost anywhere. I say it's side note, just of note, even as an army guy, and I love my army stuff, when it comes to uniforms and just cool gear, as far as, like, for the personal person. The Marines have it. Like <laughs> the they've they they've got the sexiest uniforms. They've got the best camouflage. Like it's just they're they're locked in on the uniform piece mm-hmm. and the and the colored piece, as stated by bars everywhere. When Marine and Army get together, who's getting more of the good stuff? The good beer, you mean? Well, <laughs> maybe my younger days. <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. Sure, we'll go with that. So well, but a lot of a lot of like. And we could we could think we, about we could also geek out on the, I mean I could literally sit here and start geeking out on this for weeks I mean as far as like oh, camo yeah. and like you know how well, do you so as far as so let's go back to waterfowl real quick we kind of we, we poo pooed it we went we over like whoa I'm trying to kick things equipment here, here man yeah. jeez Josh. getting all excited when we talk about camo <laughs> what, what was it the waterfowl either way I I can understand <laughs> yeah. with kicking it for waterfowl like that yeah. Gets my heart going too. Birds, so waterfowl in particular, they see with UV. Mm-hmm. That's how they, you know, they fly at night. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their migrations, a lot of their movements do happen in twilight. In twilight, and they're not moving during the day. They don't fly and move around unless there's something that pushes them up. Right, but I mean, vast but, majority, a wild duck, otherwise staying wild. Yep. You know, it's going to do its wild thing. It's not moving. Yeah. Uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. Just exactly. not. They're twilight to night flyers. Right. So they have they see in UV. When we're talking about camo, that's a whole nother. Now thing. that's so when you talk about something that really gets into like vision. So again, talking about moose, camo is far less important as as UV. I think UV is by far and away the most important function. Yeah. Even like and then as you start getting into animals that start getting more and more keyed in on visual colors, like you know bears do yeah. and. Also, waterfowl, you need to start matching your... You start need to do a little better job matching. Not just any old thing will do. True. I mean, waterfowl, they, they see with color. You know what I mean? They're yeah. going to see with that UV. So you have the truth meter over there, a.k.a. the... Internet. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm doing a little fact check. <laughs> so it's, their range of color vision is much broader than a human. So yeah. I mean, they're, they're seeing different colors than we do. So to match in is going to be much more important... See, my question is, is when we talk about matching in, and this is just something that I have never really researched and maybe we could come back to at some point in time. Sure. So when we say matching in, are we talking matching into our eyes or to theirs? That's the thing. And is I, we how tend to go with our eyes. We're like, well, that's close enough. I'm going to sit here in this little thing. Right. But how and much of it is, are we just like screwing ourselves sitting in the blind? You know what I mean? 
not that we're doing a bad job, but just it's easy to tell when something doesn't look right. And you look at successful blinds, what do they do? They're using all natural materials. They go cut air stuff from where they're at, and they brush themselves in, and they sit in behind that. Right. So I got to wonder how much of this stuff is really, I would say BS as it is more, where we'd be better off if we used more uh, old school approach, if you will, for lack mm-hmm. of a better description. Yeah. But yeah, I think camo does play a part, especially if you want to move around your blend a little bit. I think the animals that see in color, you want to start really honing in on that. Yeah. And quite frankly, sometimes having extra camo is not necessarily a bad thing. I have to force myself to go back to my favorite hunting stores. Bummer. Such a hard thing to do. I know. Sacrifices we make for what we love to do. (sighs) Well... It's sacrifice for putting food on the table, honey. That's what I tell my <laughs> wife. <laughs> and then when I come back with nothing, she rolls her eyes. And says, yeah. Yeah, better luck next time, honey. Anyways. Uh, yeah. yeah. She might rub that in occasionally. Dude. Well, uh, yeah. You, your, wife a, and, your wife and my wife are kind of two peas in a pot about uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I have to, like, bite my tongue not to come back with the argument of, <laughs> like, well, you didn't get anything. Well, I wasn't allowed to go out where I want to go. <laughs> Give me a boat and an airplane. I can get animals. <laughs> I did say this the other day to my wife. She said something about, you know, going hunting or fishing. And I yeah. said, because we're, you know, we're talking about doing the boat trip. Okay. Because like, we're talking about doing a boat trip coming up. And, yeah. And I said, well, she goes, yeah, spending 200 bucks on the, on the boat. And I said, well, I could go to the teddy bar. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go over as well as it went in my head. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, she didn't see the humor in that. Yeah, no. After 22 years, you'd think she would see a little more humor in that. No. Was that one of those he immediately comes out like, oh, I wish I could take that back? No, I didn't wish I could take it back. I'm like going, that didn't. It was one of those things of like, that landed better in my head. Like I was like going, hmm. Because I think she knew where I was going with it. Again, we've been together for 22 years, so she yeah. she knows my attitude and she knows I'm really not going to go to the titty bar, but still. Still. It was fun. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <sighs> All right. Well, let's Anyways, wrap it up. So, wash your gear. Wash your gear. I think that's probably the biggest thing I can say. Wash thine gear and your right. hind end so you don't stink. Well, that's good for the ladies and the, the moose. For Just moose. FYI. It's, uh... <laughs> uh, all right. Till next time. Till next time.